Well, we find ourselves again on the precipice of what well, seems like a really big game <laughs> at the beginning of the season. We would have thought that wasn't. Um, a lot has been made about Tennessee's offense and Georgia's offense can't match up. I'd like to remind you that Georgia's offense isn't on the field the same time as Tennessee's offense is on the field. That would be confusing. It would be confusing. So when, when Tennessee's on offense, it's basically great on great, right? I think we can agree with that. Here's the thing that kind of sways my thinking. When UT is on defense, Georgia's on offense, you're talking about fine on great. I think that's the difference in this game. What's up, Georgia football fans? You are listening to episode 328 of the Wait and Since Life Saturday podcast. My name is Scott Duvall, and I'm joined by my two co-hosts, Will Each and Tony Waller. And this, this is the game. One versus two. Pretty much that's a good guess of what it's going to be in the playoff rankings and what it is in the AP right now. Georgia versus Tennessee. It is going to be huge on Saturday, and we cannot wait to talk about it. So here's Will to get it all started. Allow me to uh, start off the podcast with a little hashtag breaking news. The college football playoff rankings are out. Oh. They came out just before we came on. Don't tell them. I want to announce this breaking news. I don't know. Yeah, right. tell me. Illinois is 16. Nice. Illinois is 16. I'd like to know Illinois fans were mad about it. They're so hilarious. Um, but uh, uh, currently number two is Ohio State. Number three is Georgia. And number one wow. is Tennessee. Now, I think uh, now obviously a lot of people are. Uh, I, I would uh, everybody drink. Seth Emerson pointed out uh, that uh, if you, you if you could probably hear the cheers from Buttsmere yeah. coming uh, the minute that came up. These rankings, for the record, if you two were to put Georgia's and Tennessee's resumes together, you Tennessee has the stronger resume. Now, mm-hmm. I think Georgia. You, we can argue about whether mm-hmm. Alabama is a better win than Oregon, but that's not how the committee does it. The committee looks at it in a somewhat similar way than the A tournament does. They have more good wins than Georgia has good wins. That's why they're ahead. If only there were some sort of way <laughs> that Georgia could somehow prove in that they were better than three and better than the team that were number one, I would be less upset about it. But there isn't a way, so I'm furious. Well, have I got a surprise for you? <laughs> but I know <laughs> I Illinois think, has a chance to build up against Michigan State on I, Saturday. I think they'll play this Saturday. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I find that interesting. I've heard a lot of the chatter. Like, well, I, they're not going to put Tennessee one. I'm like, what's the matter? Because it, it, I think your, it's great if Georgia Georgia yeah. wins, they'll jump to one. Because yeah. uh, well, if Georgia wins, they they won't jump to one because you know, Tennessee wasn't good. But um, it adds bulletin board material for for Kirby. Yeah, I think. I, personally, I think it seems like that. I don't think they're really paying that much attention to it. I mean, yeah, they're humans. They look at it. But um, I think they're much more interested in um, convincing sure. convincing themselves that there is a standard they can play to and will do so. Um, so I think I think any rational conversation about this game probably starts with um, – Probably starts with you know, uh, Tennessee's offense um, because that is, frankly, I think one of the reasons why – Tennessee is ranked first. Um, people are in love with their offense. It's something to behold. Right? I mean, you've heard so many LSU, LSU. Yeah, LSU, so many LSU comparisons. And I think there, people are almost conditioned. And whatever, for the record, I think Tennessee is correctly number one. Not because I think they're better than Georgia, but because that's not they're not deciding who's better right now. Mm-hmm. They're deciding who has the better resume using the same materials they'll be using when they at the end of the year. 
It, it changes absolutely nothing. Like, Georgia can't help it. They didn't play the teams that Tennessee – like, they don't have the well, wins that Tennessee does. Yeah, I guess I, maybe Ohio State should be third in. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah no, I'm not debate. No, but I here's agree. the thing. There, there are two things, if you want to have that conversation. I think there are two things that are saying that with Georgia. There's no way to hide 26-22 against Missouri, right? Yep. Georgia literally screwed around for three quarters against a worse team and was losing. The second part is um, – I frankly think Georgia's being compared against last year's Georgia team at least a little bit, right? And and convincing, whether it's on the committee or not, on convincing, well, they're just not as good as they were last year. Just not as good as they were last year. Which has been a little stunning to me why Georgia stayed number one in the AP poll. Uh, maybe we can say reporters are smarter than college football playoff committee members. Um, but you end up in a world where this doesn't matter. You yeah. win your games, you're in the playoff. I mean, if Georgia were want. seven right now, it would be the exact same yeah. thing. It, if Georgia were one and Tennessee were three right now, yeah. it would be I the think exact we're facing same, the same thing. thing. Yeah, exactly you're right. It's just um, you know window dressing, really. It's like how do you want to frame it when, when the TV comes on on College Game Day or CBS and they, they announce like it's one versus three or it's one versus two or whatever. You know, it's just, it's for history. But they're basically. doing different things. This is the thing that people get lost about the committee. They're doing something different than what the AP poll is doing. The AP poll is saying, who do we think is the best? Team? Sure. The committee is saying, who has the best resume right now? Now, we could argue that. And I would, there, I, I'm sorry for cutting no. up, but I'm asking you a question. There and, and I think what you said makes complete sense to me because we kind of lose it with the coaches poll and AP poll being out for nine weeks before this comes out. But basically what the committee is doing, if I'm understanding you, is they're saying if the if the season ended right now, this is what it would here's be. what the top four this would be. This is what it would be. Gotcha. That's exactly right. Yeah. And the and and remember, every AP poll is of course is in the conversation with the previous AP mm-hmm. and coaches poll. Like they're all reacting to what it was before. Right. It always takes them it usually takes them a couple of weeks late to get, to get right. kind of everything. Yeah. They're not even doing that right now. They're literally just sitting down. This is what and listen, I'm sure it's human nature, they know who the number one teams are, they know who won the championship last year. But according to their criteria, they claim just like the tournament does, the NCAA tournament, basketball tournament does, they claim they've got a, a set bit of stuff that builds up the resume. And Tennessee has, according to them, a better resume than Georgia. Who's four? I, I don't Clemson have four. Is it Clemson oh, four? Okay. Yeah. yeah. So you see, Michigan people are mad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, and, and whatever. And like, listen, it's fine. Like, it's, it's, it's this, like this yeah. is Michigan like, this has is, a chance to beat Ohio State. This exists. There. To remind you that on New Year's Eve, you should totally watch the college football playoff. Yeah. Like that's what this is for. It is a long buildup. I actually think that's okay. I don't think a lot of people will be like, they're just doing it for ratings. Of course they are. Literally <laughs> every marketing. single thing in college football is about television ratings right now, including the fact that UCLA and USC are in the Big Ten now. Right. And like the idea that like the idea of like what? People obsessing with about ratings in this establishment. Well, and so, so, yeah. so let me ask you a question. Do y'all remember who the very first uh, mm-hmm. team to be ranked? I know this. I know. I'm, college football. Playoff. I know this question. But I want to see if Scott. Uh, what Two, year? 2014. Yeah. 2014. The Florida State. Team. Very first. Florida State ended up in the playoffs that year, but no. Can, can I give the answer? Yes. It is Mississippi State. Holy smokes! And they were number one <laughs> until when? The next week? <laughs> Three weeks later when they lost to... Alabama? Alabama. Right. Right? Mississippi State. Mississippi so that's the State. answer to the trivia question. Yes. The trivia question. I'll ask Mississippi that in a couple years and y'all won't know the both. answer. Oh, I'm going to remember that forever. <laughs> it got Dan Mellon the Florida job. Yeah. Are you sure. kidding me? Yeah. Was that, did it also get their AD, the Florida AD job? Yes. Yeah. Yes. No, he... 
Dan Mullen, Dan Mullen has a slick hairdo and talks on TV right now thanks yeah. to that job. Yeah, now, now it has it's the Auburn job. Now the Mississippi State uh, AD Did he take Auburn? Auburn? Oh. Yeah. No, the old no, the old I know, but I'm saying the new now. Yeah. Yeah. So, no, no. Um, so, so back to back to Georgia, Tennessee. Um, you know, one of the things that, that I I kept people kept asking me last week of Florida is you know, almost everything that happened was within the framework of what what do we do this next week? I um, I, I want to be level-headed about this, and I want to talk a little bit about, because I, I agree with you, I, they have a better win in Alabama than Georgia's best win. You can argue that, more to the point, the rest of the re- even if you call those things tied. The pit win is good. Yeah. It just sucks. It, They're 4-4. That's my point. That's yeah. exactly <laughs> what I want to say. Yeah. But that, that was the thing. Right, everybody remembers the pit win. Everybody yeah. remembers this win. So, essentially, um, you know, Florida is, I want to say Georgia's like, 20 Georgia's non-conference opponents. I'm sorry, non George's FBS opponents are like 22 and 26. Yeah. And everybody's like, well, they're 22 and 26. Well, Tennessee's is 27 and 26, yeah. right? It's not, it's, it's four games. And that's fine. Right. That doesn't yeah. matter to me. My point is, is that um, when you look at who they played, they have played a little tougher schedule, right? Yeah. The one common opponent they played, and we'll get into the Florida Tennessee game in a minute. Um, Georgia handled much better. And everybody's like, well, what about the third quarter? Dog. Yeah. Florida had a chance to win that game at the end. They came back on Tennessee in the fourth quarter. They had a chance to win that game at the end. It was a five-point ball game. Florida had the ball and turned it over. Um, so, you know, if you, if you want to start playing that game, that's fine. But the reality is, is Tennessee is a better football team than Florida, right? And I don't think there's any doubt about that. Um, but Georgia did a better job against Florida at limiting the thing that Tennessee couldn't limit, which is Anthony Richardson. Anthony Richardson's ability to to roll outside and find open receivers, both short and long, and also run the ball with some effectiveness. I know somebody's probably probably pretty good at that. I think I think I mean I feel like you know he's short and great looking from Pierce County. <laughs> uh, it's not me. It's not me. Mm-hmm. Um, so. I think one of the things that we I want to be careful of is um, I want to be careful of not like not appropriately free, framing the fact that Georgia's offense is also spectacular. It is not as flashy as Tennessee's. It certainly is not as as sexy. If, if I may quote the actual head of the committee, uh, what is it, Corrigan? Yeah. Boo, uh, Boo Corrigan. Boo Corrigan from North Carolina, Mississippi. NC State. NC State. I knew, yeah. That's right. They interviewed yeah. him on the Thursday night game. His actual quote, they asked him, what was the difference between Ohio State and Georgia for the number two slot? And he said one of the primary factors the committee looked at was, quote, the explosive nature of their offense at Ohio State. Mm. So, uh, I, I speaking of bulletin board material, because I, well, we're going to kind of need, gonna need a little bit of an explosive offense on Saturday. And explosive, like, explosive is a weird way to put it. It's a weird way to, like, mm-hmm. uh, it's like, because explosive is not, you know, like an analytical term. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, the whole point is not to, like, get a bunch of yards at once. The goal is to get a bunch of yards and score a lot of points. In fact, I, you could argue that the only real issue that Georgia has had with their offense this year has been the red zone. <laughs> like, like, that Missouri game, they win that game by 20 points if they're able to yeah. if they're able to get the red zone uh, uh get in on some of the red zone stuff in that game so you know i think that it, again this is what committees do right they they obsess over they, they there's inconsistent logic they throw they throw stuff against the wall because it's fun to talk about it's fun to have a good time it it all just comes down to the basic thing which is 
to me, this is why I want to talk about kind of really guessing the Georgia-Tennessee. I think this game is more important for Georgia than it is for Tennessee. I think if Tennessee, if this game is close and Georgia loses, I think Georgia might not make it in the playoff. Yeah, I think, I think, I, I think t- that's a really impact to be in third. If it's, the, if it's close and being a home. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. if it's close and Tennessee loses, Tennessee, as long as they don't lose any more games, I think will get in the playoff. I think that's what's interesting about this kind of matchup is it's not, even with a four-team playoff. Like we talk about like a 12-team playoff, none of the games are even going to matter. Obviously, this is a big game this weekend, but Tennessee can survive a close loss and get in the Probably probably better than Georgia can. I don't I don't buy wholesale that Georgia can't get in. I don't buy wholesale but, either. But, but but I think you're right. I think Tennessee has a better chance. De- definitely has better what you really need is you need Tennessee to stomp Alabama in the SEC championship game if that happens. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it's interesting to me. Um, that's this is the downside of being at home. Is right. like now there's the, I mean Georgia's eight point favorite. Wait, like where did Jordan, Tennessee beat Alabama and Tuscaloosa? Yeah. No, oh, they but no. it was Tennessee. It was in Tennessee. Alabama, Tennessee. So okay. that's so I'm like, just curious. Yeah, so that's the point. Is that like Georgia, like I, I I'm don't, just asking questions here. <laughs> I don't think there's any. I do not think their playoff chances are off the table if they lose this game if, if it's close. But I, they're in a. I, I think there's reason to be to be very concerned. You need a lot of things to go your way for Georgia because losing at home, in a, losing at home at all to Tennessee is going. If Alabama wins out, they're going to be in above you. Tennessee's going to be in above you because they just beat you on their home. Then if Clemson's undefeated, they're going to be above you. They're already one spot behind you now. If I had said, like that to me, whereas I think Tennessee can get in, Tennessee's going to get the benefit of the doubt at the end of the year, A, because they had a better schedule up to this point, and B, they're playing at Georgia. To me, that's what's so interesting about this game. And that is why we spent all this time being like, I mean, this is a funny thing, right? We're like, this season's not going to count to the SEC championship game. We'll just, the goal is to be undefeated heading into that. So you give yourself a margin for error. This is the margin for error. This is the thing that we frankly did not account for. We did not account for an SEC East team being a national championship contender. When we did all of we thought, I thought Kentucky was the second best team. I thought when Georgia played at Kentucky, Kentucky might be undefeated and mm-hmm. be trying to make it yeah. in the playoff. Like we didn't account for, and we still thought, oh, Georgia will beat it by 30 points. Like, like the thing we did not account for, and maybe Tennessee is LSU and maybe they're not. But what the, the thing that puts this in peril is there's an SEC East national championship level team. You can make an argument that like, if anything, it might've been easier for Georgia if Alabama would have beaten Tennessee (laughs) at a certain level. Uh, But more to the point, I think if Georgia loses this game, it's going to be super hard for them to get in the playoffs. And I and that's not a way because Tennessee's not losing again after this game, and, or unless it's in the SEC championship. Game. Unless, their, their schedule gets much easier. Yeah, yeah. unless it's in the SEC championship game, right. in which case, who cares? That's what that's the Georgia scenario that we were all talking about in the first place. That to me is what's so interesting about this, and this puts all that we've been talking about ever since the off-season podcast started. The idea of the, like wow, and the and after they blow out Oregon, and after like wow, and look, man, the schedule next year, the first four games are all at home. Is going to be so dull how does this even get exciting 
like literally the we have gone from Georgia are they ever going to sure they struggle to get Missouri but they're playing with their food or whatever thing that's going on we've all of a sudden suddenly have upon us a game that if Georgia loses it's just going to be super super hard to get in the playoff and and that is I would argue good. <laughs> I would argue that's what we wanted, right? But it's a, it's a quite an upshift, right? It's, we've got have an upshift be like, oh yeah, whatever. This game's not, we're not sweating. We destroyed Oregon. There's nothing really to be worried about. Hopefully they won't mess it up. And then uh, maybe Tennessee can challenge us. Now you're looking at lose this game, and I think that I, it's going to be really hard to make playoffs lose this game. I mean, I'm glad you brought that up because it does bring up a question before we get to, to analytics and stats and crap like that. Um, which team has more pressure on it? I think it's Georgia. I disagree. I, I think it's Tennessee. Yeah, I don't, They're I playing don't. on the road. I, I disagree. I, and let me tell you why. They're playing on the road against the best defense they've faced. Against, look. Yeah, that's physical pressure because Georgia's good. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about who, my, well, I'm defining pressure as who has more on the line in this game. Georgia eats more on the line for breakfast. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm not talking about who's tougher. I'm talking about hey, if Georgia. That's fair. That's fair. If Georgia loses this game, Tennessee can lose this game and still make a playoff. I just don't think Georgia can. Yeah, I think I agree with that. And look, I'm not – we'll get to our predictions in a few minutes. By the way, that should be on the shirt. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I'll get we'll, – we'll talk about that in a minute. But I, I, I've given this a lot of thought. It's like Georgia – Georgia's playing. I mean, look, Georgia played against a Missouri team on the road that punched them in the face several times. They came back and won. Georgia, like – against the same team that Tennessee nearly folded against. When that happened to Georgia, Georgia's like, all right, we're done with this crap. And then ran, literally ran out a drive that was 10-yard run, 12-yard run, 14-yard pass play, 23-yard run, five plays, touchdown, right? I, I, I hear you, and I agree with you that from an objective standpoint. From a 64,000 feet. Yeah, up. from an objective standpoint, right? Yeah. There is more pressure because the stakes are higher for Georgia. Um, but I think Tennessee is the team that should should have more pucker factor, right? Because this is they haven't what, faced it. They haven't faced it. And look, like let's just let's get let's get the Alabama game out of the way. If Georgia turns the ball over five times, has seventeen pounds for one hundred forty yards, yep, yep. Georgia will lose this football game. <laughs> right. But think about what had to happen for yeah. Tennessee to win. Yeah. They had to have Alabama. Turned the ball over five times, including twice inside their own 20-yard line. Had to have a missed field goal that could have they won had the stretch. Had to have a missed field goal. They had to have literally Nick Saban raging on the sideline. And then Kool-Aid McKinstry picked off a pass that would have sealed it, and they called it back for a pass interference. Right, right, right. And on top of that, and on top of that, they won by what? Five points? Or whatever it was. One score. It was tied. Oh, I guess seven points. Yeah. No, three points. Right. A knuckleball field goal, Right. Um, that I assumed was blocked the way it right, came out. Right. Now, again, I don't think that directly relates one-to-one to Georgia. But keep in mind, oh, yeah. before, before you put a, a silver tack in the Alabama game, keep in mind that a lot of that had to rest with Alabama and how poorly they played. Georgia played that poorly. We have seen that. Yeah. But if Georgia also, plays like they won against Missouri, they will lose. Yeah. But absolutely. Yeah, but at the 17 penalties was the most penalties in Alabama program history. <laughs> oh my God. They were so. But look, if both teams play their best game or even their moderately best game, Georgia wins this, this game by two scores. Yeah. It's just they're, Georgia's that much better than Tennessee. Yeah. That doesn't mean I. Well, we'll get, yeah, yeah, we'll get to that in a few minutes. That doesn't mean Georgia will win. I'm just saying that Georgia is. 
Georgia is that much better. That's what the analytics point at, but that's also what the Hubble test points at. I know everybody's in love with their offense. Their offense is going to be something to behold. They are going to throw the ball over the field. They run these crazy wide splits out, and what they're trying to do is, is like spread your defense out. Well, Georgia's, and we'll talk about Nolan Smith in a minute, mm-hmm. but Georgia's defense is the deepest defense in college football, bar none. And, yeah, so, okay, let's say they run this down. The other thing, yeah, let's also talk about it. Tennessee scores super fast. Georgia's fifth in the nation in time of possession. Yeah. That's also what happened in last year's game, don't forget. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> by the way, every we talk about the explosiveness. How many more points has Tennessee scored in conference than Georgia? Uh, not many. By, 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 by game. I don't know. I happen to have that right here. I figured you did. Nine-tenths of a point more. <laughs> Tennessee's first in the conference. All it takes is nine-tenths. 43.5. <laughs> uh, Georgia's scoring 42.6. How many points is Tennessee giving up in conference? A lot more than point nine. Twenty-five point three. How many Georgia giving up? Eleven. Eleven point six. So before, look. And again, that's against a tougher schedule than Georgia. It is against a tougher schedule, but not that much tougher. Yeah, it's not that much tougher. It is tougher. I will say it is tougher, but it's not that much tougher. Um, I, I, I hear. Look, I hear it. Look, what I think, what I think is going to come out is. That's your dad. Tell him, hey. Um, is it not your dad? No, it's that's that whole thing with my oh, daughter. daughter. <laughs> yeah. um, I don't know how to yeah, un- it's fun. It's, untether it's, it. It's an Apple thing. <laughs> um, so, you know, I think Tennessee is going to go for it on fourth a lot. Um, they have faced actually fewer fourth downs than Georgia has, which I was kind of surprised. Wouldn't, they, doesn't Georgia have some crazy fourth down stat? Yeah, they're, 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 high, they're best in the nation, eight of nine. Like, I was surprised how much Georgia went for it in Florida. I think it, Georgia went for it. They've gone for it more against Florida the last two games. They've gone for it more than I think Kirby's gone for it in his entire career before. I think that speaks to two very important things. He loves this offense. He knows if he needs six yards, he can get it. Um, he feels very comfortable. They're eight for nine. The only, the only one they didn't convert was the – I keep wanting to call Darnell Washington Orson Charles. They remind me so much of each other. The, <laughs> Still call him Orson Wells. Yeah, that would be weird. Uh you will drink no wine before we stop. Is that I have the right guy? Um, I, where were we? Oh, yeah. Fourth down. Yeah. So, no, the, the Darnell Washington drop on fourth down mm-hmm. against Florida to literally seal the game. That yeah. was the only fourth down Georgia hasn't converted mm-hmm. this season. And it hit Darnell Washington in the hands. Yeah. Right? So, I, you know, like I said, Tennessee's punted oh 17 gosh. times. They go on for it 19. Tennessee is 14 of 19 on third down, right? In conference, they're 5 of 9 for 55%. Uh, by the way, they were 0 for 2 against Florida and Alabama. Um, Georgia's gone for it, punted nine, 18 times, going for it 9, 8 of 9, 6 of 7 in conference. So it's not like they went for it a bunch against UT Martin to bring up a team that Tennessee's uh, going for it against a couple times. Yeah. Um, it's just – it's interesting to me because I think Josh Heupel is going to bring the house. I think he has to. I don't think he has a choice. I think he has to go for broke here. You know what? If you go for broke and lose by 27 points, okay, fine. But Maybe not okay, fine. Because if that happens to you, you're probably not making the playoff. <laughs> well, well, but if Josh Hopple thinks he's going to show up here and... And get conservative and, and try to keep it close, yeah. yeah. Right, right. No, that's the, that's the wrong approach. Because yeah, yeah. you know what? Todd Munkin, he gets paid score points. Yeah. He doesn't, yeah. right? And I, I just... I just I just think the situation – look, we're going to be in, a, in for a treat of a game. We really are. Look, I am of the opinion that there is – there's no bad loss. There's just not. Um, I, ta- I bought bad win. I take that back. 
over time against George Southern is. But um, a nickel state feels like a bad win. Yeah, <laughs> uh, nearly the target. Yeah. There is no bad. There is no bad win in one versus two against Tennessee. Um, one versus three, actually. One versus three. <laughs> no, because um, no, George is AP. I know. I know. Um, so, you know, I, like Tennessee. By the way, you're going to see Tennessee do something that almost no other team does. They literally on when they're on the field side, it doesn't really matter. They put their wide receivers out past the numbers. Right, their goal is to spread the defense as thin as possible to create mismatches on the outside and also provide running lanes. It's great that we got Jalen Carter back. I hate that Nolan Smith is gone. Also, let me say this. I tweeted this today. I don't want to hear any Georgia fan, if Georgia loses this game or any other game, uh, we'd have Nolan Smith. Let's not do that. You know what? Stop. Just stop. You are a recruiting machine. If you lose because Nolan Smith is hurt, you lost because Nolan Smith is hurt. Yeah, I mean, that's I, just. I agree. But yeah. we're not going to alibi. Yeah. We're not going to talk about it. It's just you lost yeah. because it's it's crap. And I'm not putting. If up it's with one, that. if it's one guy, if 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 one guy losing one guy causes Georgia to lose to Tennessee, then we've got larger problems anyway. Yeah. Uh, I do think that you know when you let's talk, we should talk about the Nolan Smith thing a little bit. Like I, I do feel. That what will be because inter- I agree with you. I think that's such a kind of interesting question. I've not really heard talked a lot about uh, so far this week. Is the idea of how much does Hypel like? Is this Hypel getting his uh, like? Is he start believing his own? He starts smelling his own stuff. Does he start believing these LSU? Like we we hear all this LSU stuff, yeah. but does he believe it? Like does he believe that this Tennessee? Does he believe Hinton Hooker is Joe Burrow? Does uh, would it be quite something if Joe if Hinton Hooker was in the Super Bowl in two years? That'd be kind of wild, right? Um, but uh, which is to say, I don't think he will be, and I don't think this is LSU. But does because I mean that that's the argument for Tennessee, right? The argument for Tennessee, the, you, uh, Tony did a great job kind of describing the argument for Georgia. I think it's a persuasive one. The argument for Tennessee is they figured something out. Their offense is rolling. Everything is going the way. Oh, and by the way, Georgia's top pass rusher is out. And while I don't think that's a good excuse for Georgia, I think Georgia would probably rather have Nolan Smith. <laughs> so, like, certainly, like, there is some sort of advantage that's going to come out of that. If it's enough for Georgia to lose for, to Tennessee, I don't want to hear Georgia fans complain about it. But certainly, Tennessee is like, oh, cool, good. Nolan mm-hmm. Smith is in there. He's really good. So, like, you know, I think that there is, uh, the, you know, I think we, when we've talked in the past about how, uh, uh, South Carolina better win this game now. Uh, they better get Georgia while they're down now. This feels like a Tennessee. Like I th- like. It's funny because it's not like Hypel is already stacking Bama or Georgia esque classes against each other, or even Texas A and M esque classes. Uh, the argument for Tennessee is they've found some kismet. They found some of that LSU special thing, and they're having that special year. Uh, but that's not actually how these things usually work. The LSU team was truly special. And, and and maybe Tennessee is that, but there's not a lot of evidence working to that. Like, remember the whole thing with Burrow is the game where he beat where he beat Georgia in Baton Rouge mm-hmm. was like that. They talked all the time. That was his pivot game. That was the game where he's like, oh, I got it locked in after that. And then by the beginning of the year with the, new, with the office coordinator, they were absolutely rolling. Tennessee's offense was good. It was good last year. It was good last year. But, like, it has not been this. And the notion that – I guess that's really the question. Is, is Does Hypel treat this like it's, like it's Texas Tech, Oklahoma State, Big 12 football, like 10 shootout, 52-47? 
Like, is that is that is that the way he wants this game to go? And if so, does Kirby want to stop him from doing that, or does Kirby feel like, all right, let's roll? I think we will stop you more often than you stop us, because I think that's what's really interesting about this too. Everybody drink. Seth Emerson's uh, really good piece this week was about the idea of Georgia's loss to LSU at Mercedes Benz was a pivot moment oh, in the was. Georgia program. Yes. And I will always remember when we were at the at the bourbon place uh, in Watkinsville. Mm-hmm. And that was right where we just found, we, 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 we didn't find out yet. We had a long discussion. We'd be like, is he really going to change the offensive coordinator after one? Is he really going to change the offensive coordinator? And I was like, it just seems outside of his, pro- he wants to man ball. He wants to man ball. He's not going to change the offensive coordinator. It's out. Even if he should, I don't think he will. And then he did. And then look what happened. And so I think that's, what's interesting about this too, is this idea that, well, Tennessee's like LSU 2019. Yeah, but Georgia is not like Georgia was in 2019. And I think that's a huge, huge difference when people talk about this game. The idea that Tennessee has a special offense and Georgia is just can't keep up with it, I don't think, I think it's clearly belied. The evidence does not support that, particularly what we've seen the last few years. Oh, I think you're right. And I'll get to the hypo question in a minute, but I think the evidence of that is Tennessee uh, is like second or third in the nation and plays the 30 yards plus. Here's lead the nation in 10 yards plus Georgia, right? The, Georgia loves chunk plays, right? But they're not going over the top. They're not. I mean, look, the we, I mean, we can say it was luck, but I'd like to say that Brock Bowers is a sentient being and on his own <laughs> and willed the ball into his Did hands. Did you see that he thought it was a free play? That was, that's, yeah, that's, 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 that was a free play. It, you know why Brenton Cox jumped offside, pour yeah. some out, uh, the next uh, Auburn quarterback. Um, so the – I guess I should not hide the ball there. Does um, he have any more eligibility after this? I'm year? sure he's got four four more years. Um, three and a half if you're uh, Cade Mason's dad. So I think the oh, reason why – yeah, oh, There we go. Um, four. It would be four years. Never mind. Three and a half. Uh, but I think the reason why people are so have so much of a pucker factor when they think about Tennessee is we watched the Alabama game and we watched the Kentucky game and all we saw were 11 total touchdowns, it feels like, by uh, Jalen Hyatt just running free, like not even within guys 20 yards around him. And I think, you know, what, and then you see the highlight of them running their fourth down play where they hurry up and Kentucky's not even set. And those are those images that are emblazoned on your mind when you're casually watching uh, between you know finishing coming in from the Georgia game and then watching the the Kentucky or Tennessee game. Also, Georgia gave up one of those Alabama games. Let's not forget that exactly. <laughs> and so I think that's what that's what cements that fear, and that's why you're as as the game gets gets closer with the Nolan Smith news and then those flashes of highlights and just not understanding why someone can be how someone can be so wide open. That's what gives the fear that y'all are are now talking people like me down from. You know, by making very valid points. Right. Well, so if you're a Tennessee fan, what you're afraid of is Brock Bowers, Darnell Washington. True. Um, the receivers catching the ball in the backfield. The because, three, yeah, the three running backs that are doing awesome. Because they are they are good against the run. They are really, really not good against the pass. Mm-hmm. Right. They're, they are a better than – they're like I said, they're fine. They are better than average college defense. Um, but what they've done – They gave up 600 yards to Florida. The same Florida team, Georgia, gave 372. Richardson was at that time. Huh? Right? I, I think Richardson's a different. I think the, everyone's kind of solved Richardson a little bit since that mm-hmm. game. But yeah, sorry, go ahead. But, and one of those, one was the play we're talking about with Malachi Starks. Yeah. Uh, Over pursued, didn't pursue, well, however then, you want to call Keely it. And Ringo jumped too early on that one. Yeah. 
You know, but I mean, that, I think it's sissy. I know. Yeah, I mean, I know. Yeah, I mean sissy. So I want, yeah, I want to ask the Josh, answer the Josh Heupel yeah, question. Yeah, yeah. If I'm Josh Heupel, I'm looking at this and thinking the way Georgia eats up clock and also moves the ball, I want to manage the game as best I can. That if I am in a if I'm if I'm out there scoring on five plays and it gets in a back and forth game and Georgia's scoring on eight plays but taking five minutes where I'm taking one minute, my defense is gonna die. They're gonna have the last possession and they're gonna run the ball down my throat the last six minutes of the fourth quarter and score a winning touchdown or score a, a, like a touchdown to put the game away. Um so if if I'm just high pole, I'm looking at changing up I'm changing things up a little bit. I'm trying to be a little more deliberate about what I do. Obviously, you're going to take deep shots, but you're also not going to let Hendon Hooker run the ball as much right. because, you know, look, Tennessee's given up a lot. It hadn't given up many sacks because they get the ball out so fast. Um, if you're going to go so if you're going to go so deep, you have to give time for those plays to develop. And I think Georgia's going to make him uncomfortable. Right. That's what they did against Anthony Richardson. Like like thirty seven percent of his pass plays, he was under pressure. Like we only had one or two sacks, but you know, night you know, thirty seven percent, like a third, over a third of his pass plays, he was under pressure. Uh, which means, you know, you're making Hendon Hooker throw the ball faster than he wants to. He's looking for a check down. Even with Nolan Smith out, I, I trust our underneath guys to make that make those receivers eat I trust them. I trust them enough to make those receivers either keep them in front of them or knock the ball away from them or set the ball. So who fills in? Who who who? What one or two guys uh, steps up in Nolan Smith's <laughs> absence? And the fact that Kirby and Schumann and Muschamp know about this a full week before the game versus him getting hurt and then having to make adjustments and getting guys prepared. Who who are the the two or three? Or single guys that is going to fill that role, and how I'm assuming they're a four and a half or a five star. Yeah, so I, 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 my assumption is is they're going to run the dime package like they did against Florida a lot of the second half, um, where you're going to have Chris Smith and or Chaz Chambliss coming off the edge. Um, yeah, I think it behooves you to have someone spying uh, Hooker. Um, so that's kind of where I think they'll go, but they'll also. Look, it is. I mean, a, is this is this a coming out party for someone like Jalen Walker or something? Maybe like so, that? maybe so. I, I think that's a good question. I think I also think Carter being back, Carter will play a ton of snaps. Jalen Carter will be in there a bunch. Let's not forget Bear Alexander, a man who seems to be like he cannot be blocked. Right. <laughs> so my concern, my concern on that is the Tennessee goes so fast, intentionally so, without substitution. That Georgia will, which be, is exactly what they're going to do. Yeah, I think yeah. that's right. I think yeah. that's right. Even yeah. if even if they take more time off the clock, yeah. they're not going to substitute as much. Which is why the crowd becomes important, right? Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. you, you, if you are putting them in a situation, because a lot of people are like, "Well, Georgia and Melbourne substitute on defense. Look at those guys breathing." You know what? It's just hard to. It's just hard for offensive players to keep their breath. That is for defensive players, and also if you're not going bam, 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 bam. You're giving the defense some advantage because they're getting a breath after 25 seconds. Because these are these guys are in good shape, right? Yeah, they are in yeah. good shape. This is this is not me and you out there doing this. And when I say me and you, I don't mean me and me and Will and Scott. I mean me, Tony, and you. You know, driving back from Dunkin' Donuts right now. 
So yeah, you fat listener. So, is that what you're saying? Fat. I meant slow and out of shape. Uh, maybe a little doughy. Salter. I think, for the record, I think you would do fine. Um, for a play. You're a third down specialist. You're I'm, a third down specialist. I'm a third down, down specialist. I can get real loud. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm the same way, but I'm more in the Dave Meggett sort of way. <laughs> um, so... But, you know, again, going back to the Tennessee side, <coughs> I would I think one thing you might see from Tennessee is aggression early. Mm-hmm. Because if Tennessee can get ahead in this game, yeah. and, I mean, we don't have to look very far to see some evidence of Stetson getting a little bit too antsy, yeah. antsy and gunslingery, to be oh, honest. Yeah. And, and remember, this was the great joke last year. Remember, the whole thing was that like, like, oh wow, they uh, they 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 need like a like a, a system quarterback like Stetson Bennett rather than a big arm guy like J T. Daniels. That was exactly wrong. Stetson's the guy that likes to take chances. Stetson's the one like J T. was the one that didn't want to do that. And I think you saw that. And you know, and when they interviewed Kirby afterwards, he seemed to be not that. He was like, he's Stetson. I, like I trust it. I, I'm not least, least bit worried. But that was a Terrible pass. Like that's it, what, it was the worst pass he's thrown in. Yeah, it was a ter- seven and, weeks. Yeah, and and you know I think that like I think he was a little dialed up, and I also think that was a level of aggression, particularly at that point in the game, right. that he needed to not. Yeah, be you doing. Didn't, he didn't need it. Yeah. And I think that is if I'm Tennessee, that's what I want. Yeah, that is what I want. Is we talked about like them being able to hand, uh, handle the run. And the pass is the thing. The trick is like you want Stetson to get a little bit out over his skis, and the best way to do that is to have a two touchdown lead early. Yeah, that is the best way for them to do that because that eliminates the whole Georgia. We can control the clock, and we can do that. Everybody in the stadium starts to get a little tense. Yeah, everything starts to get a little dialed up. I, I don't. Uh, I don't know if we're doing predictions on coin flips, but if I'm Tennessee, I want that ball first. Mm. I want that. Oh, ball I hope first. they do. Uh, I, 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 I would say I think I think they would want the ball first, and I think you, and I, I think you might be right. And I think that that is the. Like I think Georgia's better than Tennessee, and I think I don't want to give my prediction, but I think Georgia will beat Tennessee. But to me, the path when we talk about Florida, like how they have like eight different things that have to go right, Tennessee doesn't have that many have, things that have to go right. They're a lot better. A than couple, Florida. I think it's a couple. And yeah. but one of those is definitely the idea if they can get ahead early and just start putting some pressure to where it starts to feel that like. I mean, the whole, I agree. Like the thing that makes Georgia's offense, I think, so good is that it can go deep, but it doesn't. It's better it doesn't have to. It doesn't have to, and it's been. It frankly, I think, would prefer to do pace and to do. And they've got these great, like, like they'll go. They've got guys that go deep too, but like, I think all told, they like to have those. Like Bunkin's best moments are when they have those pace drives that take like four or five minutes, and they're and they're short passes, and and that's what they want. That. I mean, to me, this is why that in the Missouri game started to get a little scary, right? Because yeah. you knew Georgia was not going to like throw a fifty-yard pass. Uh, to, like this is what this is what Ohio State does, right? This is what Ohio. Like I think it was a great interview with. Uh, um, uh, uh, I forget. Forgive me. Uh, what, what the team that beat Ohio State, Ohio State beat before uh, Penn State, where basically was talking about the idea. The coach was basically like, "Yeah, the problem is oh it, Iowa. Yeah, yeah. The problem is is you think." That you've diffused every bomb, 
but then like another one goes off and there's another one goes off. And the thing with Ohio State's offense is that was like, a great line. I heard you, that. Yeah, yeah, like you're holding on to it. You're holding you're holding them down and oh dude, where'd that guy come from? Mm-hmm. And then and it's a sixty yard pass downfield. That's what Alabama has been doing for years and years and years and years. That's what Alabama did in the SEC championship game last year, actually, was like get a guy free and all of a sudden everybody gets real tight and real antsy. That is what Tennessee needs to do in this game. And I think we have seen I love Stetson. I don't know if you saw it, know this, but he won the national championship last year. Stetson Bennett rules. I'm that really, sounds made up. I'm really <laughs> glad that he's the quarterback of this team and he's really good and I've totally have total faith in him. He does get excitable. He does. He does. He does. Agreed. And uh, it's okay. I also get excitable. It is not a criticism, but he does get excitable. He got excitable in the national championship game last year. Remember that first quarter? You're like, dude, easy, mm-hmm. easy, easy. And I think you saw that a little bit in the Florida game, a team that he has had trouble against in the past. And so I think you, I, I, that is Tennessee's route, is to get ahead and get Stetson a little not he's not going to be bad. He's not going to start throwing like stupid interceptions, but just a little bit more aggressive than he needs to be. That is their path, and that of, of the things I'm worried about, I think that's the thing I'm worried about the most. Yeah, yeah. I th- so I'm glad you brought that up, just because I think one of the things that um, that does concern me about this game is if if Georgia gets off script late. Like I'm not. I'm not making a prediction, but there's entirely a world where Georgia falls down two scores, right? It's just because Tennessee can score fast. Yeah. I, I'm not worried about that. Um, I'm so, worried about Well, it. if it's early, you're not worried about it. No, but Georgia fall down, falls down two scores with 10 minutes left in the game. Yeah. Then I'm, I'm getting a little nervous about it because at that point, that's when Gunslinger Stetson yeah. steps out. Um, and also... And listen, Gunslinger Stetson was awesome. Is that a bad Missouri. thing? Yeah. He was great against Missouri. I just... I. Like, you don't want to be in a position where you have you to... You have to rely on it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. Um, so, you know, one last thing. Um, Do we have an A.D. Mitchell back? Is, it, is there any word on him? I have not heard. I haven't heard anything about his injuries yet. Yeah. Um, so, one last thing I want to talk about, uh, just because I did I did dive on stats, and um, and I'm not trying to wrap our conversation about Tennessee up. No, no, no. I know we want to talk about uh, Coach Dooley for a minute. Yeah. Uh, and I'm sure Scott has a lot of trivia for us. Um <laughs> Just just in, in the conference, um, Tennessee's offensive drives ending in a touchdown are 51%, which is third in the conference. Georgia's offensive drives ending in a touchdown are 49%. That's fifth in the conference. Uh, Tennessee's defensive drives ending in a TD, 22%. Um, that's 34th in the nation. I didn't write, write down. Oh, I'm sorry, third in the nation, fifth in the nation. My bad. Uh, 34th in the nation for Tennessee. Georgia's defensive drives ending in a TD, 7.6%, second in the nation, behind your Illinois final line. Yeah. 7.4, right. Um, I I understand. I do understand why everybody's enamored of this offense. It's pretty. When it's working great, it goes fast. It looks great. I am of the opinion that that Tennessee just has not – they they haven't faced an offense like Georgia's yet. Uh, Alabama's offense isn't as good as Georgia's. It's just not not right now. It's in especially when you turn the ball over five times. Georgia yeah. ball, turns the ball over five times, we lose this football game just the way it is. I don't. I'm not counting on that. Yeah, I think uh, the uh, when when watching that Alabama game, <coughs> it was breathtaking on 
how much that they did shoot themselves in the foot, yet it was equally breathtaking how they had a chance to win it in the closing seconds. And even uh, Nestler and Danielson were almost like anticipating the next penalty because they were coming, penalties were coming in spurts, especially towards the end. And so, I, I, you know, I think that's really the, the game, the game Tennessee was tested was that one. They were tested at Pittsburgh because I watched that game. Pittsburgh easily could have won that game with the backup quarterback because Keaton Slovis had gone down. And um, I forget their coach's name, but he kind of, mismanage that at the end as well. I mean, so, you know, their, their schedule, as Tony mentioned, is slightly better by about five games on the, the teams they face. But look, we've played Samford. They've played Tennessee Martin. We struggled against Missouri. They struggled at Pittsburgh. They were both on the road. I mean, I think that the, the key is, is what y'all have been talking about, and it's really, I, I want to commend you two, Tony and Will, the analysis that y'all have provided, I've been sitting back here just fascinated because it's been so uh, imaginative. Like I can almost, it's almost like I'm, I'm hearing an audio book or something about it. Like I'm imagining because I've seen it. And I think our listeners will also, the first 40 minutes of this episode, will have been able to visualize. But I think that the, the thing is, is like, it's just those highlight plays. And it's Jalen Hyatt. I mean, Cedric Tillman just came back last week. He was their dude. He had 200 yards against Georgia last year. So... Does he take anything away? Does the 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 symbioticness of uh, Hooker and Hyatt get messed up? I don't know, but it's just been the it's been the sexiness of it, and that's why I hadn't heard LSU invoked until this week, until after what they did against Kentucky. So I think that one thing that we're dealing with as fans, and we're 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 guarding ourselves by a potential loss for you know really the first time at home in you know years, is that. We're of what we've seen just on the highlight reel because they've been so good. And sure, they're they're eight and zero, just like Georgia. But I think if we really kind of tamp it down a little bit and let the the dust settle, I think you're right. I think that Georgia's path to victory is a whole lot you know easier than than Tennessee's. And I think Will, you're right as well. I think Georgia has a lot to lose if they do lose this game. I, I, I'm buying what you're selling on the loss, but. You know, I feel a little bit better after hearing y'all kind of speak because it's almost like, okay, I've seen a bunch of highlights. Sure, I saw the Pittsburgh game. I saw the Alabama game. I saw part of the Kentucky game. But it's really been Highlight City, and we know what happens when offenses that want to go fast. We saw it with Malzahn for years at Auburn. And if you can stunt that a little bit, well, then you end up on top because of time of possession. So one last thing, uh, as Scott was talking, the one thing I was thinking about is the best way to help to figure this, think about this game. Sure. Is that Tennessee, I mean, they want to run a Big 12 offense circa, what you remember is Big 12 offense. Right, right. Not the same as it used to be, right. but what you remember. Yeah, the, yeah, the Crabtree oh, game yeah, against oh, Texas oh, Tech. Oh, 3 to 12, right. Big 12 offense. Georgia currently runs what most NFL teams run. Right, they are perfectly content to take seven yards of play, to take four and a half minutes off the clock and score a touchdown every drive. You know why they're willing to do that? Because that's what works in the NFL, and frankly, I think it probably works in college. It'll be interesting. Uh, the vibe's going to be good too. Oh, God, it's going to be amazing. <laughs> it's going to be amazing. Uh, they are going to do something for Coach Dooley before the game. Uh, Will and I talked about this a little bit. 
uh, on the Sunday podcast. Have you, have you met? Uh, did you meet Coach Dooley? Oh yeah, yeah, multiple times. Yeah, yeah. if you live in Athens, you I was gonna say it'd be hard yeah. not to. But, um, but I, I I wrote a piece on my blog this week. Oh, I didn't see it. I'm sorry. I don't. I don't use your blog. Write. Our blog. My blog. Okay, my blog. Juwabi. Yeah, I'm sorry. So I mean, I don't usually. Write. I think it's my second blog post <laughs> in the past year, but I felt all that engagement. Yeah, all that engagement. Yeah, but I felt that uh, I even shared it on my LinkedIn page. It was my first LinkedIn post in like six months, and uh, I, I got like ten reactions to it of friends that I hadn't even. That's great. Connected I, with I wish I would have met him. Sorry, but anyway, what I wrote, it, I, I titled it in honor of, of of Coach Dooley. You know, I'm always running around taking photos at games. I'll, I take my good camera and then I store it in a friend's vehicle and then I get it after the game and retrieve it. You know, I, I mentioned in my, my, my blog post that I'd met Coach Dooley a handful of times yeah. at, at fundraisers and just in, in casual passing. And I, I stated how I'm not an autograph guy. I'm not a take a picture with you guy. But I, I, do, I did revere Coach Dooley. It was kind of cool to just have that Go dogs. I mean, that's basically what I had said to him through the couple times I ran into him. But two things. One, the one thing I do have signed by Coach Dooley was I gave all my groomsmen a mini Georgia football helmet signed by Coach Dooley because a friend of mine worked in the athletic department. And so I have it, and I'm sure that all of my groomsmen at my wedding still have their signed um, helmet. And the other thing that I talked about in the post, is not very long, it's maybe 750 words, was that when I was running around at the Georgia Vanderbilt game, I took this really awesome photo that you anybody can take it. It's when you stand at the fork in the road of Field Street and Sanford Drive up on the hill. You can see clearly through the trees where it says Dooley Field. And so I zoomed in at like 200 millimeters on my really long lens, and I snapped a really awesome photo where it's framed perfectly in the trees. And I thought leaving the Georgia Vanderbilt game, I was like, oh, this might be a print that I sell. You know, because I sell prints every now and then on my website. And then after hearing of his passing, I was like, you know what? I don't, I don't want to sell that print. I mean, but I want to make it available for everybody. So on my website, it is available as a digital download, a full-size resolution. And I added my little signature just so it looks official at the bottom. It's an 8 by 10 But anybody can go to my website, the store on my website, jawabifilms.com, and download the digital file and then send it to Walmart or Publix or uh, not Publix, Walgreens, maybe Costco. We're getting one here in Athens. I think yeah, they we print photos. Um, and print the photo and then hang it in your bulldog room. And if you do so, I'd love for you to take a picture of where you hang it and send it to me. But that's uh, that was my the thesis of, of yeah. me wanting to write a piece for honoring Coach Dooley. And I don't know. I mean, it, it just felt right for me. You know, Will, uh, on the Sunday podcast, talked about a story where he met Coach Dooley and some porny in fifth uh, it was five just, points. Uh, it was, uh, yeah. but, but we all had the story, right? Yeah. Um, and, and the thing that was so crazy to me about it, just to repeat if you didn't listen to that one, is just like it was like it was. Like, You're just talking to the guy down the yep. street. Yeah, it was like nothing. He treated me that way. I treated him that way. It was like like I, I held his, uh, like I got him some ice. It was like totally normal. And listen, I'm sure I could have like done a whole like <laughs> Georgia thing, but like, you know, I would have been happy to. But I think there was something about he just, he, he was in the room. And was not like just so you know. There's a statue <laughs> just like a few blocks from me, <laughs> right. and uh, generally, I have to tell you, 
If I were at a party and there were a statue of me, <laughs> everyone would know. Few, everyone would know, and I. And if they didn't know, I would certainly carry myself like someone that had a statue. statue. I kind of do that now, and I don't have. Well, any I've never statues. been to Champagne Journalism School building, so that's true. That's true. That's true. They, sure they, they, just, they just hang me an effigy there. Uh, <laughs> but uh, they go to Medill. <laughs> Ooh, Medill. Uh, that's Northwestern Journalism School. The Medill does. Um, anyway, the point is that like. There is. Um, I've heard that, by the way. There is. Uh, to me, that is that is a rare. As someone that, I mean, never mind just Georgia football and Vince mm-hmm. Dooley. As someone that you know has interviews, has spent a lot of time with a lot of athletes from a lot and 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 actors and musicians. They have a vibe, even if they're the most modest, cool, chill person. You know, they're that like they know that you are. Not them. Not them. <laughs> yeah. And and that, uh, but he that was to me the most remarkable part about it. He just now Barbara is not like that. <laughs> Barbara, no, no, that, she feels she's not a but she's different because she fills the room in a whole different way. Which I think, frankly, is was probably part of the thing, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, so I think that like, and that obviously it's not Chris and Barbara, who is of course wonderful, but like like that is uh, it is remarkable and incredible. Incredibly rare to see from someone like that. Just the idea of uh, it's you. I feel like you got to work hard to be able to be that normal. Yeah, when there's yeah. a statue uh, of you just down the street. Well, I mean, so you know, I'm among the three of us. I'm the only one went to school when Coach Julie was still coaching. I was at his last game, Gator Bowl in uh, 89. Uh, 89. And um, you know, one of the cool things about I do not mean to imply I had more of a relationship with him than I did. I did not. I just somebody I said hey to at church. Uh, but he was always gracious. I mean, I went to law school with his son, um, former, I don't know, it was Tennessee quarterback or something, a Tennessee coach or something. Uh, nope. But but beyond that, uh, some guy, he's a defensive analyst, the offensive <laughs> analyst for the Cowboys again. Um, but you know, I, Miss Barber, don't come at me, please. How long we? But she came to. I told you she came to a How Lucky Book Club. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he was, he always took the time just just to give somebody a head nod and a wave. He was as genuine as you would have might imagine. He was my favorite Auburn person. <laughs> yeah. Just so we know. And, and, and I think it was really classy how within hours of his passing, Auburn had a post up. Yeah, they, yeah, they did a whole thing yeah. on the big screen there. Yeah, I think that was really cool. Well, they, you know, they were due. <laughs> to do some classy, yeah, no doubt, yeah. But uh, yeah, it's a, it's a it's a it's a cool thing, and uh, you know I've said this before, but like you know, one of the things I love about Athens is stuff like that. Right? By the way, it's speaking just, of Auburn, uh, Coach Harson, Reverend Harson, style looking for a new church home. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Did you see that I found the photo? Bassin Dog, Bassin. I think it was Bassin Dog. Uh, oh, I might God. be wrong. Bulldog Sports, Dog Sports. <laughs> so I think it was Bassin Dog. I don't know, but I found I retweeted it. I was like, this oh, is the photo amazing. that we referenced for so many times and couldn't find it. And somehow he found it. And I showed it to the kids and, and my wife. And I explained to them the meaning behind that because it was like a, a thing on our podcast for so many years. I'm going to show it to you all again in case you all hadn't seen it, it is a lately. Thing. But it is just, it really is. It encapsulates the nine and whatever uh, um, record that he had. That's, oh that's my the God. photo. Yes, it is. Uh, it is. The son's like, I can't believe I'm here. 
on um, what Scott well, says. So, it, it was taken so long ago. It's the it's year faded and, half, and sepia and toned, and I get the, the it's granular and the uh, wow, it's crazy. Don't, don't cry for him. He's seven hundred million dollars. Yeah, it's not seven hundred million. He's not Jim Fisher. Yeah, but it's a lot. It's um, a lot. Uh, here's and, the thing. And, and like too, if he gets another job, they they don't that doesn't. Offset. No, it's not written off. It's not offset. Yeah, yeah, yeah. God, it's the most it Auburn thing ever. Such it was such a bad hire from the jump. I mean, well, it would just didn't make any sense, and and it didn't make sense for him to leave except for the money because he had a good thing going at Boise, right? Yeah, but I mean, uh, for Carolina, it totally made sense for him to leave because yeah. now he has the money, yeah, I know, and now I he know. can go coach for Carolina. There's, there's gonna be lots of options. He's gonna for him. coach in Cabo, yeah, yeah. It's probably where he's going, right? That's where his vacation was. <laughs> um, by the way, Scott Auburn, Auburn Scott. Um, I mean, go, go. I mean, who cares what his next? He, he, whoever he goes, he still gets his Auburn full salary yeah. plus no, from whatever what. how many that people, is. How many people are Auburn? Is Auburn paying right now? Uh, let's see, the three of us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Probably you don't. Back know. in the day, that would have been a great way to be like. Well, obviously, the entire offensive line. And, yeah. It's not but even now, funny. Yeah, but Cam Newton still. You can't, yeah. Yeah, definitely Cam, Cam Newton. Cam Newton has definitely uh, definitely got the Bobby Bonilla contract. Yes, he does. <laughs> it's July third, guys. Um, so yeah, but I just I have to say this one thing about Wayne, who is uh, wicked funny. Um, those of you in the know, you will understand exactly why, why this is funny. He said that's the worst thing that happened to Brian Harson since the ugly RA incident that uh, at the sleepover that ruined the, the church carpet, oh. uh, which, which I said, um, <laughs> we, which I said, he definitely has a letter in his file at the association office about that. Yeah. So yes. if, you, if you know, you know. Yes. If you, um, if you have any youth groups. You have a group of youth groups, you know. Um, so, yeah. So but, I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll have plenty of time to talk about who uh, should take over that job. I've actually been... I look- think it... I personally think it should be Gus Malzahn. I think it's really funny. <laughs> be great. That, like, when you see... It's, I find it really interesting when you saw, like, Bruce Feldman and, like, everyone do the wrap-ups. It was basically just like, okay, who do we think would take it? Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> and, which I thought was really, really an interesting way to kind of look at it and speaks to where Auburn is, right? The idea of... Like I have to say, like like Kiffin was a guy on there. The, the Kiffin should not take that job. Kiffin Neither should, should Dion. Yeah, Dion. You can make an argument for Dion. I don't think Dion will take it. No, but you can make an argument for Dion taking it. I don't understand the argument for Kiffin taking that job unless Kiffin just like. Like screw it, I'm going. Well, to they give it. me a, they, they give him a yeah. jumbo concert, yeah, yeah. concert. But like, contract. why would Matt Rule take that job? Matt Rule doesn't want that job. That's not a, that job doesn't make sense for him. No, Matt Rule can get so much a better job. Yeah. Hey, so okay. So a job where he doesn't play Alabama and Georgia every year. Yeah. So <laughs> let's let's put this in the appropriate context. Let's put aside they, the fact that they have to play in they have to they have one of the tough automatic toughest schedules in football. And we'll continue to no matter continue, how. No matter what happens. Right. Yeah. Um, they have as dysfunctional a booster situation as anybody possibly could. They have two warring factions who the, basically the only thing they could decide on, decide on is Brian Harson wasn't the right person for the job, and which is the first thing they've decided on in about 15 years. It's also the most obvious thing in the world that like, like congratulations for figuring that chestnut out. Right, <laughs> right. So on top of that, you still have to play Alabama yeah. and Georgia every Year. And you're essentially going to start over. Yeah. Now, now, who takes this job? If I am a moderately successful coach that's got like four more years and need, say, for example, 
a guaranteed $75 million contract just to make sure I can buy my own private island and I'm a Jimmy Sexton client, I'll take that job. (laughs) Absolutely, I'll put it with that. I'm fifty. I'm fifty four years old. I'll take this job right now. Pay me. Yeah. Pay me thirty five million dollars. I'll take it. <laughs> You'll yeah. wear Auburn gear all day. Ooh, I forgot about that part. Yeah, you'd have to yeah. wear the gear. Yeah, I know. I can't wear tight roll blue jeans and a white shirt and have a picture of you. Know what you could wear? Hey, be fine. You know what you could wear? You could wear the shirt that says "I don't care for Auburn." <laughs> yeah. I, well, I should wear that. I, where would I get that shirt? Well. I mean, Will, do you, have you have you figured out where you can Will's get Will's sitting, like sitting there with his nipples out, so That's no, right. he so, doesn't know. Hey, Will, real quick. Why is it always shirtless leeches? Is it on well, the Sunday you, podcast? It's I my know. It's the thing y'all do. Sundays, I, it's my son and, uh, I mean, you can go to the76.com. Wait, I'm sorry. How, what's that again? The, spelled T-H-E, seven, no dashes or anything, and it's spelled out six, all pushed together like websites do. Dot com. So the URL is T H E S E V E. Do I need to have HTTP colon? I mean, you know, back in the early late nineties, you probably had. If you were to ask Jeeves, yes. Yeah, but remember, if you had a Mac, you couldn't send a Word file to a non-Mac without it like being garbled. That was crazy. It's kind of still like that, but but no, there's nothing garbled about this. And you know, I always check to see what they have new, and you know, by the way, the finger shirt, huh? The finger shirt. Well, they have that. Yeah. Go ahead and talk about that one. So they have a shirt out. Oh, my God. I'm a little mad they didn't make it a, um, a, Feels a WSLS. Like logo. Feels like our logo should be at the corner. Yeah, yes. Yes. I agree. I agree. Um, but go. Yes. Go to the go to the Athens collection. You will see it. There, there is a new shirt that I hadn't seen previously in the Athens collection. And it's uh, Will, you might like this one. This is it's it's got the Marlboro logo, <laughs> and instead of marble, it just says junkyard, and it's kind of yeah, faded and distressed. Looks really cool. Yeah. Um, there, there's also the anti-orange shirt, which would be very appropriate uh, this weekend because Tennessee. I mean, even though they wore black, which looked terrible um, last week, um, they'll be wearing their whites with uh, trimmed with orange. And uh, if unsweet tea were were college, it would be Tennessee. That one as well. Chase Kelly. Uh, Michigan State quarterback. Hopefully, he's not suspended. <laughs> Hopefully, he didn't uh, <laughs> yeah. assault any Michigan players. But he's going to spend a lot of time on his back. <laughs> Can I say the timing for that fight was <laughs> splendid? As an Illini <laughs> fan, by the everyone. way, um, <laughs> but the Michigan player, yes, yeah, poor guy. Chase Kelly uh, come, comes up with some of the the greatest t shirts. And you know, here is the thing: they're based in Nashville. He hates Tennessee. If you look at his uh, Twitter or Instagram feed, he's He's taking shots at Tennessee in June. He's taking <laughs> shots at Tennessee in April. This is his Just game. Is I wouldn't it. be surprised. I haven't talked to him this week. I talked to him last week. I hadn't talked this week. I, he might be in town. I would be shocked if he's not in town this weekend. Wouldn't it be I, ironic if he was walking around shirtless? That would be weird. That would be that funny. That would be a surprise. Be funny. Be but, a surprise. but a shirt tied around his waist. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I have a question. Yes. If I hate shipping charges, how can I fix that? That's a great, great question. If you type in WSLS at checkout, you get free shipping. Wow. Because if you don't, you've got to order $76 worth of gear. Yes, $76. Which you should, by the way. Which you should. But say you just want that t-shirt that looks like the Marlboro logo. Yeah. Because maybe you used to smoke. Free shipping. You get free shipping. Free shipping. I love it. Yep. So if you see Chase running around Athens this weekend, just tell him that you hate Tennessee as well. And tell him that you heard about 7-6 Apparel on the Waiting Since Last Saturday podcast. And links will be in the description of this episode. Now, that is the end of the ad. And sometimes I like to say that sometimes. So just in case you should never 
skip forward. But if you were to skip forward, but you now, don't. Now you know it's the end of the ad. Now you know it's the end of the ad. And we have an important announcement to make. I'm glad you brought that up. An important announcement to make. So important announcement. That is the end of the ad. Important announcement, okay? okay. I think we've ma- clearly made it clear. Yep. If you are one of those people who you, something do something that you should never do, which is fast forward through an ad, know <laughs> that the ad is over and the important announcement is coming now. L- Tony, tell them the important announcement. Yeah, so we teased this a few weeks ago. Um, if those of you before the pandemic came downtown or being at Bar South, where we did a meetup after the Georgia Tech game. We're doing that again. Yes. Meet will... up after the game. So at 3.30. <laughs> right. Uh-huh. It will be at the Root in the root. Five Points, which is downstairs under the Pine. If you don't know where that is, simply Google after the Tech game. Yes. We will be there shortly after uh, kickoff. I'm sorry. Shortly after <laughs> the game ends. Uh, you can go there after kickoff. There's a great bourbon selection. Yes. Uh, but there will be people. There, there will be people yeah. there. Yeah. Uh, they but, have golden tea? Yep. They got golden tea. They got a great bourbon selection. They have that really frustrating game where you, you drop the ring and you try to catch it on a hook. Oh, uh, yeah. I can't play that because it drives me crazy. So, But we will be there. We'll make sure you know about this both on our social. This is starting the hype. It's starting the, the hype. The hype is rolling. Yeah. Come, please. It's, we would it's, love. It's November. We would love to see you. I got to admit, one of the coolest things we've done is that post-game thing after Tech or Texas A&M or whenever it was in 19 where everybody was – I think uh, it was after Tech. Well, we did it after Tech in 18 at some place that's no longer uh, an establishment. It was right. a poke, poke bar or something. Oh, that's right. There was 18, the Poke Bar. That's right. And upstairs, then in 19 – Where you're a rap is now. Yep. In 19, we went to um, the, the place – Gosh, I'm I'm losing my train of thought. The on place, the, the the you know where it was. It was the the concert venue. I was probably there. Yeah, it yeah. was the foundry. The foundry. Yeah, foundry. that's right. Yeah, but we will be at the root, which the is root. five points. Um, it's right next to El Barrio. If you've been to El right? Barrio, mm-hmm. it's right next to Sakura. If you've been to Sakura, I we always go to Sakura after our, our little league good. losses. Yep. And if you're if you're super old school, it's next door to the old yeah. Waffle House downtown. Uh, yes. Five points. Yes. So, uh, Sakura is also if you are ever on a random night wanting to see Georgia offensive linemen, they will they be in go there. To Sakura often. Housing, <laughs> housing California. Like, I think that like I, I actually see people like ducking under the bar when they walk in. Yep. Um, but yeah, so the root, the root post game Georgia Tech. So the Saturday after Thanksgiving. Come to the route. That is going to be our post game thing this year. If you have questions about it, tweet at us, email us, uh, and uh, or. But uh, we're in. We're going to yeah. do that this year. It, that was such a fun thing to do before the pandemic. I'm Pen- really glad that we're back being able to do this. Yep. Again. All right. So last week, um, one more thing about. I mean, we just keep mentioning seven six. But uh, Chase texted me, or I called him, and we we spoke on the phone. He was like, Oh yeah. He's like, Guys, uh, I want to do a giveaway. Let's do a giveaway. He's like, I want to do a shirt giveaway. Did I win? And, and no. So basically, what we did was we we made the rules real quickly, or I did, and said whoever won the pick'em contest in week nine, which was last week, would win the T-shirt. Are you sure and, I didn't win? So did I not. accept. The t-shirt, Scott. You did not win, and Will did not win, um, but someone who is titled OTSSDog12, very specific, they went 9-2 and and had a point total of 63. There are other people that went 9-2, and but OTSSDog12 got 63 points, whereas second place got 61. So you need to reach out to us so we can get your information, uh, send us a DM, uh, email us at wsls at 
wslspodcast at gmail.com, whatever. But if you want a t-shirt, and it's going to be free, it's not only free shipping, but it's free. Uh, get in touch with us. And so here's here's what I have a question for y'all. Do y'all want to do the same thing for this week? Because we, we should have, do this. We have carte blanche on oh. how many t- on when we give away a T-shirt. How many how many do we have to give away? Well, we can all give the away, shirts. We can give away one. Maybe I bet. Look, I bet we could do two. But we need to figure out what the stipulation is on how they can win it. So, it could be we could do pick them again, but it could be something different. It's up to us. I'll tell you what. Here's okay. what we should do. All right. We are making a call now for awesome questions to send mm, to us. Awesome okay. questions. But we're only going to answer one. Oh, for next the, week. For next week. Okay. The best question gets a t-shirt. How should they send it? I, I, oh, you, send it however you, you want. You tell okay. me. <laughs> let, me give you, let me give you the ways you can send a question. I'm just a dude that shows up at a microphone once a week. So I, 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 right. can't, I can't Here, Here's that. how you can submit questions. You can, you can email us, which is probably the easiest. WSLSpodcast at gmail.com. Or you can direct messages on Twitter or Instagram, and that's WSLS Podcast. So those are the three ways that you can send us the question. And then Will will be the arbiter on oh, who has yeah. the best question. So narrow it down to like five for yeah. me. And then I'll, I'll uh, go through them. So yeah. Well, will and Tony. Okay, Tony too. So yeah. do you want to get into the picks this week? I want to say one more thing, by the way. Uh, okay. I want, uh, a, a, a listener and a cool guy named Trey Pollard uh, reached out to me. Uh, there is a clean energy tailgate, the Tate Center, this week. It okay. is uh, uh, self-sustaining. It's, uh, it's all about uh, – uh, it is basically all about uh, – it's hosted by Sierra Club. It is a, uh, a tailgate that is open for all. So the Tate Center North Lawn at 1130. You can, might even see one of us nearby. Just come by. Around that yeah. time. Just, Probably uh, a tailgate on the back of a Ford Lightning or a Rivian. Yes, but not a Tesla. Because not a Tesla. That guy's, that guy's busy. He's got uh, stuff going on. But, uh, yeah, but he wanted me to, to shout that out. Uh, that's a good cause and a good uh, tailgate. So it is the Clean Energy Tailgate. Get Georgia to number one in clean energy at the Tate Student Center North Lawn uh, this Saturday. All, All right. right. Let's do some trivias. Okay. Let's do some trivias. Well, uh, trivias and um, picks. So just a quick recap. I'm going to check the time here. Okay, we got about 20 minutes to roll through all this. I like to keep these at about an hour and a half. Yeah. You know, we've been talking about these long-term goals for Georgia. Uh, and so recently, Georgia has passed Michigan State uh, for weeks at number one in the AP poll. We had talked about that earlier in the year. Georgia now ranks 13th with 31 weeks in the AP poll. The next on, I guess, in their sights is Michigan. Michigan is 12th at 34 weeks. So even though Georgia's third in the college football playoff rankings this week, they're still first in the AP. So if they can win Saturday, they can start creeping up on Michigan, you know, one of the, one of the I guess, giants of college football. Well, Georgia's a giant too, but just take down a giant. All-time wins. Georgia's 11th, 861 all-time wins. Tennessee is 9th, 864. Ooh. So we can get a little bit closer. There's another reason. Okay, now I really want us to win. Right. right. You just convinced me. And Tony mentioned earlier about uh, national rankings. The Dogs rank second nationally in scoring defense, fourth in total defense, fifth in run defense, 13th in pass defense, and second in red zone defense. Yeah, no, our defense is really good. Mm-hmm. Important. Georgia beat Oregon 49-3. to And Oregon ranks fifth nationally in points 
and haven't scored fewer than 41 since 41 since Georgia. So there's something to think about. Oregon, this, Oregon is ninth in the rankings. How does they score against Georgia? Three. Oh. Three. I, I feel like Georgia scored more than that. Georgia did score a few more. Yeah. Just a couple. I thought Dan Landing's name tossed out a couple times for the Auburn job. No. Oh, he's happy. No. He's happy. <laughs> this will be Tennessee's third appearance on college game day this season. They're pretty proud about that. I don't, I don't know if you've seen that, but they're they're proud. I, I read their Knox News this week, and, and they were talking about it. What State-run te- media. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I got a question. What team holds the record on college game day appearances in one season? Um, Georgia's got to be close. I think it would have to be a team that is in the SEC because they probably the SEC championship game would be in Edwin. I'm going to say Georgia. Are they in the SEC? Yeah. Alabama. The answer is Georgia. Woo! 2021. The record is six. Wow. Clemson, Arkansas, Kentucky, SEC championship game, college football playoff semifinal, and the national championship game. Guys, guys. Guys. Six game days. You know how many game days Illinois had ever? <laughs> Zero. Well, no, they were, they, were, they were at an away game. Oh, that's true. That's true. Yeah. That's true. Do y'all has, remember two years ago, five, four years ago, we're like, we don't want game day here. Mm-hmm. Bad stuff happens with game day. Yeah, yeah. Not anymore. So It's going to be fun, man. It's going to be a good time. So fired up. Um, so at Sanford Stadium, I looked up top 10 matchups all time because I know this is a question that, that people have. The um, I'm trying to think of how I can formulate this into a question. Okay, so can you tell me how many times Sanford Stadium and the University of Georgia have hosted a top 10 matchup? And I'll, I'll give you a hint. It goes back to 1942 because the AP poll was um, actually ranking, right? I think, up until 67, they only did a top 10 poll anyway, so... Um, so yeah, it goes back to 1942, Sanford Stadium history. How many top ten matchups have taken place? Well, I know when the last one was. When was the last one? Eighty-three, Georgia Auburn. Is that top well, five? No, top ten matchup. Top ten? Oh, yeah. it's top five. Yeah. Um. And I'm going by AP ranks. Yeah. So was Georgia like Georgia LSU, for example? Exactly. That's was Georgia Tennessee and in uh, 16, was that top 10? No. I'm going to go with 8. 8 seems like a good number. I'll, I'll stick with 8 also. It's actually been 13 top 10 okay. matchups, according to my research and according to the AP poll. Um, the most recent was Georgia and Notre Dame? No. Oh, God, last year was 2. The most recent was number 2 Georgia versus number 8 Arkansas. Right. A lot of people will get confused that uh, Kentucky was also, but Kentucky was ranked 11th and Georgia was ranked number 1. But um, but yeah, we had we had uh, the Georgia Arkansas matchup in twenty one. We had Georgia Auburn in twenty. Oh, wow. Auburn was ranked seventh. Georgia was ranked fourth. Wow. Um, Notre Dame Georgia in nineteen seventh. Notre Dame three Georgia. And then you have to go back to what Tony just mentioned: number nine Georgia versus number six LSU in thirteen. So basically, four in the Kirby era, nine before that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and now then, five. And now five. Right. In the Kirby and they've won the last four meetings of top 10 matchups in San Francisco. The, the, they've lost three times. Uh, they lost to Bama in 08. That was pretty ugly. Oh, um, yeah, I can't talk. I don't yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then um, they've lost to Tennessee, Auburn, and Auburn again. Um, Wait, so uh, what was Alabama at Georgia? 
In 15? Yeah. Was oh, Georgia not in the top 10? I don't think Alabama was. I don't know. I don't, on, I don't have that, that on my list. Right. How was that not in the top 10? Hold on. Let's see. Go ahead, Scott. Alabama was 13. Georgia was 8. Okay. I'll be there. Yeah, so 15. Alabama was 13. Georgia, 8. So out of those top 10 matchups, who? my question to you is, who were the most frequent matchups in those top 10 matchups? There's, there's a tie, and I'll tell you the number. Three each. Auburn. Auburn is one of them throughout the years from 1942 yeah. to 21. 10 in Sanford, Auburn, Georgia Tech. That's right. Georgia Tech, three. Georgia Tech, uh, 1942, Georgia Tech in 1946, and Georgia Tech in 1966. Wow. Not since then. So Not that's, You should change your, your name. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, let's get into the picks. We've got, starting off, we've got Texas at Kansas State. Texas leads the all-time series 12 to 10 and is on a five-game win streak. The only two teams in the Big 12 <coughs> that feature an animal logo solely are happening between Texas and Kansas State. Something we, you never thought of. That's we don't what have you a get. Frogs and animal. Well, I'm glad you asked it because Kansas and TCU both have an animal on their helmet, but they combine the lettering of TCU and KU. Oh, KU okay. is in the Jayhawk and TCU is above so the frog. So it's just the animal. It's just, just the animal. Okay. Or a facsimile. Yes. Yeah. So who you it's got? It's not an actual animal. Right. right. That would be difficult. Um, I like what Kansas State's doing right now, man. I'm taking Kansas State. Yeah, give me, give me, give me Emal. Give me who? Emal. Kansas State. Emal? Yeah, every man, uh, every man a wildcat. Give me. The BTK. I knew that was coming. We gave him. We gave him a little bit extra, and he went. I'm going to go with Kansas State as well. Season ticket holder Dennis Rader, still alive. Are you writing a book on him? Still probably checking the Kansas State scores from jail every weekend. All right, Clemson travels. Might be a listener. We don't know. (laughs) Clemson travels to Notre Dame. If you if you're listening to this in a penitentiary. Send us a. We, I used to write for the Sporting Do News. Oh my gosh! I used to, I used to write for the Sporting News every week, and the Sporting News was really really popular in prison. In the pen, it was hugely popular because people had subscriptions there for like fifty years. And so when you get an email from them, you get an email first from the from the prison oh. saying, "Do we are do would you allow us to use this person as a sender?" And I had some awesome awesome conversations with dudes in prison about uh, from my sport news column. They were all and it was it was really really fun actually. So was if there's Dennis, anyone was, was Dennis Rader any of them? De- Dennis Rader I don't know. I mean I guess I didn't I don't think when I was writing for them that he had been caught yet. Oh. So uh, yeah, so, so yeah, like 7 years ago. Yeah, so Clemson, Clemson goes to Notre Dame. Clemson leads the series four. I'm just two. saying Jeffrey Dahmer was not like a fan of the Brewers. He's a big Florida fan. <laughs> it's in Milwaukee. Prove he wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> Who you got? Clemson, Notre Dame. Clemson. I got feelings about this game. I do too. I got feelings about this game. I actually thought Notre Dame looked pretty good, yeah, actually, against did. Syracuse. They're, do it. It feels like, <laughs> I have to say, kind of feels Clemson out of there. like they're getting, like, I want Clemson out so bad, so that may I be do. clouding me yep. a little bit. Screw it. I'm going deep. Let's go Notre Dame. I'm going Notre Dame as well. All right. We what got time Wake- is that game? Huh? Ah. Uh. Sorry. Uh, seven. Hold on, hold on. Military time, 7.30. Divide by 12. It's not divide. Get, get so we can watch that after we have a victorious moment against Tennessee. But, but when, when the semifinal matchup that we all have this week. 
All right, we got Wake Forest going to Raleigh, which is like a hundred, I don't know, ten miles away. Is it that other. far? It's amazing how many uh, schools, like high level schools, are right Not there. In that, oh, I forty. Oh, yeah. yeah, I always wait for the ACC Big Ten Challenge. I'm gonna go see Illinois play at one of those stadiums at some point. This is amazing because NC State leads the series sixty seven to forty two and six. They've played every year since nineteen oh nine. I mean, you think about it, like COVID year, the war. Yeah, they have to go across the ocean, though. Yeah, I mean, they they played in 1942. They played in 1943 during World War II. They played in 2020. They don't love America. They played in 1919 during the Spanish flu. Yeah. So, yeah, the, they've that's, played. That's back when wearing masks were cool. Their first ever game was in 1895. It was a score I'm guessing. What do you think the score was? It was I mean, a tie. If it was 1895, it could be 7-7. It was a tie. It was a- <laughs> 1919. Because that's the whole idea of score comedy. 17 17. Four to four. Four to four. <laughs> that's the Yeah, but that's, that's a score comedy that will last the test of time. Only forever. But, that, but no, that, that was when a rogue counted four points. So Maybe. All right, who you got? Who are we talking about? Wake Forest. Wake Forest. <laughs> North Carolina. I'm taking North Carolina State. I am too. Wake Forest really blew it I last may, I might make up some. Sp- if, I mean, they're going to fall farther behind. Louisville Johnny. pants them, basically. And Sam well, Hartman. I'm, I'm, counting, I'm counting on Sam Hartman not throwing five interceptions. Yeah, but then, yeah I was going to say, well, they've turned the ball over so many times. Mm. Didn't they have six turnovers in the third quarter? Yeah, Sam Hartman's yeah, just yeah. threw an interception. All right, Georgia Tech at Virginia Tech. Virginia it's Tech. Three and five, Georgia Tech at two and six, Virginia Tech. Virginia Tech leads the all time series seven to, a, uh, seven to 11. 11 to seven. Interesting. This is very interesting. First ever meeting between these two schools happened on November 10th, 1990. Georgia Tech won six to three, preserving preserving their undefeated record, but they had already been tied. Preser- right, they had tied North Carolina a couple weeks prior. Who did they lose to next year? They, 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 they had beat freaking Colorado. They had beat uh, Virginia in uh, Charlottesville before. the week before, and I was at this game. You went to that game? Yeah, I was at the game because I remember. That I had gone to one game because my my cousin had graduated from Georgia Tech. I was 13 years old, and um, yeah, he took me to that game because it was a it was a cold day and it was really super boring. I wasn't really into football back then, and that didn't convince me to <laughs> really like football when Georgia Tech won six to three. So who you got? Virginia Tech. Is is Jeff Sims starting? I don't know, but I'm going to pick Georgia Tech because Virginia Tech. Every time I turn on the TV, Minter Sandman is awesome. But after that, it goes downhill. I like to know, by the way, I'm looking at the NCAA top 20, uh, the ESPN top 25 scores. They have already switched to the CFP rankings. Have they really? So, so one versus three. It's no longer three. versus two. Okay. Sorry, guys. You're going to see an amazing game. All you people that bought those tickets for those prices. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Yeah. Virginia Tech. Okay. I got Georgia Tech in that game. All right. You got Scar at Vandy, South Carolina, mm-hmm. USC Junior, whatever you want to call them. South Carolina leads the series 27-4 to and has won 13 in a row versus Vanderbilt. The interesting thing about this series matchup is that South Carolina has three winning streaks, significant winning streaks in this series, 13, which is current. But they also have a seven-game winning streak and another seven-game winning streak. They only streak, have four wins, I mean four losses. Which means that Vanderbilt has won twice in a row and then twice in a row. Yeah, it's wild. South Carolina. South Carolina. I agree. Why can't Vanderbilt South Carolina beat South Carolina? They can beat us. I don't understand. <laughs> then we got Auburn at Mississippi State. Auburn leads this series 65-28-2. to 28 and, two. and, Tony, I have a question for you. Yes. 
14 years ago, there was a game that featured 116 total yards by one team, four turnovers combined, and someone named Chris Todd at quarterback for Auburn. Name that score. Three to two, baby. Auburn won the game three to two 14 years ago. Who do you got this year? You know what? Give me a dead cat bounce, uh, Auburn. I'll take Mississippi State. Yeah, I got I got uh, the Bulldogs. They have a game next week against an interesting opponent. We'll see what happens. All right, night we, game. By the way, yeah, night game. Night, night game. Yeah, I was not. But we were right. We were both right. Yeah, we were both right. Yeah, six day hold, but Georgia at night. <laughs> mm. Ugh. Uh, I will be in Charleston, South Carolina for that game. I'll be in Scottsdale, Arizona. Yeah. I'll be here. And you're not going to Star Vegas? No, no. I'd love to. It's a day but, trip. Yeah. It's, it's not, like six hours. It's not a day trip. Yeah, we don't have any geography this week. Maybe that's I, have, we, I think we OD. No, I think we have we have a geography question coming up. Yay! Uh, we've got uh, Liberty visiting Liberty. Arkansas. This is their first ever meeting. Mm-hmm. This game, uh, I put this on here because the, the line was stupid. Hugh Freeze's contract was extended through the year 2030 this week. $5 million a year for a G5 school. Stop giving Jerry Falwell Jr. money for crying out loud, people. So my question, y'all, where is Liberty University located? Lynchburg, Virginia. Okay. Yeah. That's not where they make Jack Daniels. That's Lynchburg, Tennessee. Yeah. <laughs> but they drink a lot of it yeah, there. Much more useful. Also, the pool guy They don't gets, talk about it. The pool guy gets paid the well. The pool guy gets... Woo! They're oh, doing he gets all well. kinds of benefits. Yeah. All the benefits. Not allegedly, either. Not no, allegedly. Admittedly. I read an article admittedly. about that recently. I was like, yeah. wow. And I, I, I have to say that article did make me feel like mocking. Like it feels like a very complicated family situation that I want to be more sensitive of. But then you realize how much of a jackass Jerry Falwell Jr. is. It's not that complicated at all. They yeah. like to switch off. And, I know. It's just I, every time. I know. I mean, one of us has been in penthouse. Yeah. A lo- one of us, is, two of us <laughs> has written a lot of penthouse stories. I've got Arkansas. <laughs> I also have Arkansas. I'll take Arky. All right. What's the line on that game? Oh, gosh. It's it is 13 and a half Arkansas. 13 and a half Arkansas. And Liberty's 7 and 1. 7 and 1 versus and like yeah. 4 and 3, right? And who is Liberty? Liberty beat Wake Forest earlier yeah. this year. Yeah, but so did Louisville. And BYU. So they have a common opponent. <gasps> oh, Arky beat BYU on the road. Wow. Now okay. I've seen everything. At, BYU's, been, BYU's disappointed me this year. I thought yeah, they were going to no, be... I had, I had I had a lot of Tony circled, Hyde. Yeah, a lot of Tony, lot of Tony Hyde. Hyde. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, then we got uh, Kentucky. Uh, Kentucky. Kentucky at Missouri. Kentucky is 8-4 and four all-time versus Missouri. They're 3-3 three and three in Como, and they're going to Como this weekend. Kentucky and Missouri are border states. So, when people drive from Lexington to Columbia, Missouri for this game, how many states in total will they drive through? Well, it depends on how they go. The most direct route, which is... They will drive through one, two. Are we counting both the, the starting states? Yeah. Four. Okay. What you know what the states are? Kentucky, Indiana, Illinois, Missouri. Okay. Correct. They I, will take they I found will, that interesting. They will take I sixty four to Louisville and then they will go within two miles of my in law's house. They will go north <laughs> of Evansville. See, this isn't as good of a question as I thought because y'all are Midwestern. They will yeah. they will go north of Evansville, they go to, they will go to Salem right. and straight across to St. Louis. Okay. This is always remind people. Uh, where I am from in Illinois is closer to Kentucky than it is to Chicago. Just, yeah. Illinois is a very big state. 
In spirit and in geography. Yeah, definitely in spirit. Look, <laughs> I've, driven, spirit. I've driven through southern Illinois. It reminded me a lot of South Georgia. Oh, yeah. No, it really me, did. Dude, you're telling me. I know everybody's like, Gas oh, Mr. New, Mr. New Yorker media guy. That is, that's where I'm from. Yeah. Super, super. <laughs> Although they wear far fewer sweatshirts and far fewer 12-year-old smoke than they and do. And frankly, Canada. you see more Confederate flags. <laughs> in, <laughs> in southern, southern Illinois. In southern Illinois. <laughs> yes, southern Illinois. Southern Illinois. Yeah, yes, you do. Yes, you do. All right. Who do you got? I'm gonna. I have to say, Kentucky's favorite. It's, it's funny. One of the things that uh, that I think it's Bruce is it Bruce Feldman or uh, no Andy Staples. That's always talking about is that that uh, Stoops has the best job in the world in Kentucky because all he has to do is win seven or eight games. I have to say, this kind of feels like a disappointing year for Kentucky. It does, sure. and I think there's a lot of reason to get excited about them, and I think they've not been as good. I don't know. Uh, speaking of people that occasionally pop up for the Auburn job, Stoops shows up for the Auburn job. Yeah. That would show a that would show a foresight that I think Auburn does not have to yeah. hire someone like him. I will take Kentucky, but look out on this one. I say uh, Calipari sends the black roses to Mark Stoops, and Missouri wins. I think Missouri wins too because I can't. I, I keep thinking about back to what happened when Georgia went there, and it was horrifying. So I'm going to pick Mizzou, even though it's kicking off at noon and they're wearing. Another different uniform. Missouri, I mean, I love alternate uniforms, but Missouri changes it up every week where there's no kind of continuity. It kind of drives you crazy. It looks great. Whatever they put out there is, never mind. All right. <laughs> so, um, another noon kickoff in College Station, Florida. Florida. Visits Texas A&M. <laughs> the all-time series here, Texas A&M leads 3-2. to two. This is Florida's third trip to College Station since 2012. Wow, that's crazy. Third trip. That's crazy. So, my question to you. This is a geography question for all of you listeners and to Will and Tony. You're going to have to figure out distance here. Only we can answer, though. Correct. Um, What is farther? I'm going to give you three choices. Gainesville to College Station. Gainesville to Fayetteville, Arkansas. Or Gainesville to Columbia, Missouri. I want you to rank those in farthest to shortest. Driving or flying? Driving most most direct route to drive. So I want you I want you to rank it number one farthest, and then to the shortest. I'm gonna say. So we've got College Station, Texas A&M, Arkansas, and Fayetteville, or Missouri and Columbia, Missouri. I'm gonna say to College Station, to Columbia, Missouri, to Arkansas, Fayetteville, College Station, Columbia. So the exact opposite of what I have. The correct answer, the farthest from Gainesville is Fayetteville, 1,031 miles. The second farthest is Columbia, Missouri, oh. 1,012 miles. The third wow. farthest is College Station at 951 miles. Okay. I did terrible at so, that one. So anyway, I felt, found that interesting. The fact that Fayetteville is farther, even though College Station is a lot more further south, but oh, you got to go through Atlanta. Fayetteville yeah. is like... 20 miles this side of Oklahoma. Yeah, right. It's a ways. Yeah. All right. So who you got? You got Florida? Yeah. I'm taking, I'm taking, I'm taking, I'm taking Florida. I'm, I'm more concerned about Florida will score more than 23 points yeah. and they will win. I got AM. All right. Then we got Bama at LSU. Ho hum. It's Bama at LSU. Night game on the Bayou, baby. They finally got a night game. We don't, but they got one. Um, I'm okay with this. I'm game, okay with it as game. well. I'm okay with it as well. Uh, LSU has not won against Alabama and Baton Rouge since 2010. 
Bama is 12 and 3 in the last 15 meetings. Wow. Yep. I'm going to pick LSU, though. But one of the yeah. against SEC championships. So. <laughs> I'm taking Bama, but it's worth noting that if LSU wins this game, there's going to be a lot of people doing Brian Kelly's terrible LSU accent if you are from the Bayou. <laughs> like, what a huge win this would be Absolutely. to be Alabama in his first, win, first also, year. Also, not for nothing. LSU wins this game, it makes that Tennessee-Alabama game look very different. Oh, no question. Yeah, whatever happens, root hard for LSU. I think Alabama wins. Yeah. But I'd like to make a note about Illinois football very quickly. For yeah, a yeah. Big moment. Illinois, this is, what we've, this is where it's come to this year. That Illinois has a game against a top 15 team from last year. That Illinois is so favored by so many against that Tony didn't even put it on the sheet. Oh, no. I'm glad you... I'm glad you brought that up because mm-hmm. I did consider it, but it was like, it was, it was like, Illinois is a six, and a half, is, uh, 16, 16, and a half, 16 right? and a half point favorites, and which to, strikes me as insane by the way, but and the biggest favorite I have out there is like 12 and a half yeah, right now. That's wild to me that Illinois is a 16 and a half point favorite. There's a question now that Illinois is 16 in the playoff rankings. There's some concern quote that if they went out, they might not be able to climb high enough. Are you kidding me? They'll beat Michigan and Ohio State if they went out. Yeah, but 16's a lot of climbing. Mm. It's a lot they of climbing. Michigan and Ohio State, they're in the playoffs. Well, then, unless, unless both those teams lose twice. Yeah. But yeah. But anyway, so Illinois hosts Michigan State at the same time, by the way, mm. as uh, as this game, unfortunately. So so note that I will be getting alerts um, uh, from my watch. I'll be sitting next to you yeah. watching you get alerts. Yes. Uh, all right, now we got a uh, Georgia Tennessee. Um, when Georgia won twenty-one to ten in, in the year two thousand and rushed the field and tore down the goalposts, how many in a row had Georgia lost to Tennessee to prompt that reaction? Five. What year was it? Twenty or year two thousand. Year two thousand. Think about it. Heath Schuler, Peyton Manning. Uh, who Todd Helton? <laughs> oh, so more than five. Nine. Nine in a row. Wow. They had lost nine in a row. But currently, because I was at the first one they lost, which was the like Preston in, Jones miracle game in '89. Okay. Uh, Seventeen thirteen, where they were Tennessee was ranked like eleventh, and Georgia almost came back and won with Preston Jones coming off the bench. Oh, for Eric Zire. Yep. Yeah. Um, so Georgia's won 10 out of 12 in this matchup. They lost our first two years of podcasting in 15 and 16. It was the yeah. last one, the, 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 yeah, man, we Jones, were, yeah. we were having, we were celebrating your birthday at the pine that night. That, that was they, 15. No, that's 15. That's 15. That, the that's right. That was the game that Chubb got hurt. Chubb got hurt on my 40th birthday right. party. And then 16, God, I'm freaking old. Uh, and then 16 was, was the uh, Hail Mary. The, the Joan Jennings Hail Mary. Yeah. Yep. yeah. I still have a, I still have a Snapchat video of that. I was, I remember when Snapchat. that happened. I thought, wow, maybe it really is Tennessee's year. And they lost like three or four. It was not, <laughs> it was not yeah. Tennessee's year. It was not Tennessee's year. So, um, in the past five wins that Georgia's had in this matchup that they've all been in the forties. Look, Y'all, y'all, y'all know what it's going to be. It's going to be a high-scoring game. I'll be shocked if it's in the 20s. I feel a lot better than I did. I, I felt I was really depressed this afternoon when I or this morning when I heard about the Nolan Smith, kind of like a lot of y'all. I talked to some friends of mine that kind of built me up. Brian Harris talked me up. Oh, yeah. Brian Harris is very positive on all this. And, um, you know, he, he really kind of 
shine the light, and then you all kind of help shine more light. I think that Georgia's going to be able to weather the storm. I, I really think a lot of it comes down to who wins the coin toss because I do believe that Tennessee would take it. Why wouldn't they? Um, if Georgia can thwart some early stuff going on, remember last year Georgia was down 10-7 after the first quarter. And, uh, and it was very same, similar offense. Hendon Hooker was there. Uh, Cedric Tillman, like I said, had 200 yards. Uh, Brew McCoy, a uh, small running back, was there. So it's a lot of the same characters for Tennessee. They've just gotten better, and they've uh, they've been playing more as a team. I, I would worry about Hyatt. I would worry about what they do about switching um, where they where Tony described about how they put them out past the numbers and and they're running fast. But you know, I've got a lot of faith in Keely Ringo. I've got a lot of faith in Chris Smith and our secondary. You know, I, I think that um, it will be a high-scoring game. I think it comes down to kicks. I think it comes down to turnovers and weird, intangible stuff. I'm worried that all you Georgia fans, and I'm not, look, I get it. I get it. There's a lot of money at stake here to sell tickets. I've been tempted. Don't do it. I've been tempted two weeks ago, right after they beat Alabama. I am, there's no, I've told my wife 13 times over the past three days, I'm not selling these tickets. We what are, are we, going. Notre Dame? Do not. What are right. we, Notre yes, Dame? thank you. Look, do not sell your tickets. If you do, sell them to dog people. That's what I was going to say. Go, <laughs> go on the Facebook site of the Georgia ticket sales, whatever website, and sell them to Georgia fans. Look, there's going to be 20,000 Tennessee fans in the stadium, so we've got we've to heed what Kirby said. Be loud. If you, if you haven't lost your voice after leaving that game, win, lose, or draw, then you have let... Bulldog Nation down. I think Georgia wins forty-three to thirty-eight. Woo! Um, that is. I, I feel like this is a point that needs reiterating. Who am I to tell anyone at this time of uh, of uh, occasional economic turmoil of what they do with their tickets? But I'd like, love to have twenty-five hundred dollars extra in my pocket right now, but I'm not selling my tickets. But like, and if but listen, if you are going to sell your tickets, like you, there are ways to like find, <laughs> like no. like try to sell it to Georgia people because, like, in all honesty. You shouldn't sell your tickets, but whatever. Again, I'm not going to tell people what to right, do. Right. Um, uh, I get it. Um, but for crying out loud, if this is like it, you know, it hasn't even been a year since they won the title, right? We're not. We haven't gotten that fat and happy yet, have we? And uh, I would hope not. I'd put it that way. Uh, I was born fat, but I won't ever be that happy. <laughs> For the record, I am all pro all of those things. But like the being a sports fan is to have edge. Like that's the whole point. And uh, and if we're already of a oh yeah whatever, then what are we even doing here? Yeah. It makes me think. How much did you suffer in the first place? Okay, back to the game. Um, I'm I, I'm still worried about. Stetson being in a position where he wants he has to come from behind against a quick strike team, I just don't think it's going to get there, and I don't think this is going to be a blowout for Georgia in any stretch of the imagination. But I actually feel, and listen, if there's one thing I'm usually bad about predicting on this show, it's uh, the number of times I've been like, "Oh, clearly, obviously, a low scoring game," and then it's forty two thirty five, or like, "Oh, they're going to score this." Like, remember. Go, please go back and preview, uh, do our Georgia Clemson preview from last year. Where I'm like, well, obviously a lot of score is going to be scoring this game. And it was like 10 to 6 or whatever the final score of that game was. I think that Hooker's going to have to be perfect. And Georgia's going to have to make a lot of mistakes. 
And I think that the, I've been a little back and forth about, about this this week because I am worried about that Stetson idea. But I have to say, Tony, I'm not to steal your thunder because you're about to make your own pick. But I do think there's a lot of parallels in the idea. I don't think Alabama is as good as Georgia this year. And Alabama had to turn the ball over so many times on the road for Tennessee to win that game. I think that uh, to beat Georgia right now, um, you have to be uh, either Alabama, who can generally match up with you, or Ohio State, who can match up with you, or you have to be 2019 LSU. And I just don't think they're 2019 LSU. I think that we, I think that it's, listen, college football is more interesting this year if Tennessee is 2019 LSU. And I think we want that, right? We're sick of seeing same teams in there every year. We want some, the idea of Tennessee is, is a great story. It is a great story. And no matter what, they should be happy with, with whatever happens this year. Um, and it's exciting. It's fun. It's made this game incredible. But I don't actually think they're 2019 LSU. So I'm taking Georgia 34 to 24. Oh. Yeah. So you just stole my thunder a little bit, but I'm okay with that. Um, so when I think about this game, I keep, I keep going back to the Alabama game, which you just mentioned. Um, Alabama had their best game passing this season against Tennessee. They were tied for the most points they've scored this season. I just can't help but to think that between Todd Munkin and his ability to scheme guys in Georgia with what they have shown for the past two seasons on offense, being able to put themselves in a position to score more points than Tennessee. Here's the thing. I don't think they'll have to. I think Georgia's, tens, Georgia's defense is a lot better than Alabama's. I think the defense is better than any defense they've faced this season and more able to weather what Tennessee tries to do. That doesn't mean Tennessee is not having a fantastic season. I think they are. A surprising season, even, mm-hmm. since I considered them to be at best third in probably. I think I had them fourth. Fourth yeah. in, 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 in the East. But the reality is, is that they are found money. They are new money. George wins this game 38-27. Love it. This is going to be fun, guys. This is going to be is. fun. This is and listen, the tailgate is going to be I don't want to hear any more. Like, let's just not do it anymore to be like, okay. oh, the home schedule. <laughs> hashtag hashtag next home, August. The home schedule is so terrible. Like, Mississippi's here next year. One, one, like, I, I, right now, I, like, Mississippi's a sleeper pick for me next year, if just because they play Georgia on the road uh, late in the season. It, they just tend to find ways to get stuff going here. Uh, it's going to be... It's going to be a pretty exciting thing. And uh, um, I have to take Win out to Winterville with my parents on Saturday. Uh, it's like 6.30. Like we're, go- we're leaving at like 6.30 in the morning to get him out there because uh, it's, it's going to be a good time. Uh, I'm, I'm excited. And it's unexpected, right? Like we didn't know we were getting a big game like this this year. So, uh, but again, there's just a ton. We'll just see what happens in the game, but uh, uh, it's it feels good to have stakes like this. Yeah. I have to say, it feels good to have. Oh no, this is why we do this, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, we won the national championship last year. They cannot take that away from us. But this is fun—a regular season game with this kind of stakes on the line. 
is fun. Yeah. This is what we want. And it won't be like this in three years. In three years, both these teams are going to the playoff. Yes. Like this is, which is fine. I'm okay with that. And I like that. But like that adds, I think an extra level to it. The idea that if Georgia loses this game, I just don't think they're going to make the playoff really kind of no matter what they do. And there's also a way for Georgia to eliminate Tennessee from the playoff. Oh, without question. Yeah. And so, uh, it's fun. It's mm-hmm. exciting. Um, all right, everyone. Uh, have a good time out there, uh, and uh, be safe out there. Three thirty is better than seven. I think fewer people will die. Uh, have a great one, and hey, go dogs. Go dogs. And thanks so much for listening. We will be back on Sunday with our post game episode. Hopefully, it'll be a fun one on Sunday with uh, Tennessee and Will. Tennessee and Will. <laughs> I called you Tennessee. Tennessee and Will. Tony and Tennessee. Will. Tennessee and Will. That's your favorite playwright. Right. There you go. But yeah, we'll see you on campus for an awesome tailgate on Saturday. And as always, go dogs. Tennessee and Will. That's the, the alcohol drink talking and drinking to me. Listen, I need to, I need to turn my mic Keep on. talking. Keep talking, Scott. Nailed it.